Thank you so much for listening to this episode of High School Not So Much Musical. If you want to learn more about Daniel Johnson, tune into part two of our conversation with him, where we talk about some of the biggest challenges he has faced with his company only having 40 workers. So stay tuned and we'll see you next time. Yeah, that's great. So like you were talking about how if you're really passionate about something or you like working with the people that you're working with, you'll have like energy for days and you'll be able to like do whatever you want. And like you were mentioning how no one would know what Henshin Shaving was if it was just you working on the whole project by yourself. But I remember in our planning meeting that like you mentioned that this is still like a family owned business and that you only have like 10 to 12 ish workers from your from your brother's like um, technical firm. So like now, uh, like I would love to hear or I'm pretty sure the listeners would love to hear like, well, maybe what were some of the challenges of like, you know, working on this project with just like only a couple of workers because we just heard the benefits or we just heard like how great it was. But like, I feel like it'd be really interesting to hear like some of the challenges of working with such a small amount of people. Right. Well, as much as there are challenges, there's opportunities. Um, you know, when you're a small team, we started as a team of four. Okay. So we started with four people on uh, the Henson side, and we started with probably four people on my brother's company side. So um, the two owners and then a couple of machinists working together. And the thought was, let's just give this a go. And so we started out of the gate with eight people. Um, and not everybody gets that luxury, but um, the power of bringing eight people together to focus on one thing really well, we had fantastic customer service day one. And I wasn't staying up till midnight, pulling the CEO startup, not sleeping card. I was just like, mm, customer service is handled. And then my job as the CEO would be like, hey, what's our tone? when people have a problem with us. What happens when someone has a problem with you because of something that's irrational? That's a hard one. What happens when you order product and it doesn't show up on time? That's a hard one. What happens when you thought you had $20,000 in the bank, but oops, just kidding, you missed an $18,000 bill and actually you have two? That's a hard one. The tasks that are difficult are going to pop up. The question is, is how many people do you have around you that are aligned with you, that are supporting you and that can help you so that when those skeletons pop up, they're kind of as little deal as you can get them to be. I think that's what preparation is, right? Like if you were to prepare for a debate, you don't know what the questions are gonna be. You just can prepare saying that when a new question comes up, I'm going to have as much resources prepared to answer that question the best way I can. Business is much the same. How does the business protect itself? So when an obstacle pops up, it's almost like the, the Jeep has a spare tire. It doesn't derail the trip. It doesn't hurt. This, the, the entire job of a business is to not die. That's the only job that a business has. A business's job, unless it's its primary focus, is not to clothe the needy, it's not to feed the hungry, it's not to satisfy um, the CEO's ego, it's not to be bigger than you are, it's not to be holier than thou. It has no alternate object objective to other than not dying. That's the goal of a business. Don't die. Don't run out of money. The game over happens on a business. Do, 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 do. Like game over happens when you run out of money. 
So what we're trying to do is to structure everything where we have everything in place. You're, it's almost like you're just walking around with like duct tape all day. Something breaks and then you fix it. Something breaks and then you fix it. Something breaks and then you fix it. It's like a game of SimCity. Put this highway in. I don't know if anybody listening knows SimCity. It might be an older game, but it's where you build a city. You know, you build a city and then you realize, oh gosh, our highways are too small. All right, so now we got to rip out the old highways and put new ones in. Well, where does everybody drive while we're replacing the highways? Oh, crap. So now you have to build two highways and then you have to make one a tree, one trees when it's done. You're like, you have to like make it, you have to just build and fix each part of the business as you go while not letting the business break. So having a whole bunch of people on the team so that every time something comes up, like, I'll tell you, man, the struggles are endless. It, it's absolutely endless. And I can get into as much detail as you guys want to hear. If you want some real examples, I want to buy 5,000 units. Do I buy 5,000 units at 20? I'm going to make up a number, uh, let's say $30. If I was to sell a whole bunch of hats, do I buy $30 and, uh, and 5,000 units, or do I buy 10,000 units at $20? Easy answer, $20, right? Go all day. Cool, now your business has no cash. So now what? Well, now you've just taken all the money you have to save 10 bucks a unit. Now your desire to have more profit and buy at a cheaper price in bulk just gave your business an exposure risk. So every time you take an inch step forward, you have to be thinking, uh-oh, did this inch step forward expose me to more risk? So business is just small step forward, support. Small step forward, support. And where I see a lot of businesses fail is they follow economics or math, which is a very good thing to do but they could follow math to their peril. You know what I mean? Like almost like an extreme couponer. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'd go out and spend all their time couponing and then all of a sudden they like never actually focus on selling any of the stuff. They just go buy it because it's such a deal. And then all of a sudden they run out of money and they're like, oh no. Or someone who sees a Ferrari that's on sale, it's half off, great investment opportunity. You buy a Ferrari thinking that you can go resell it and it's like, oh no, I ran out of cash. So it doesn't matter if the Ferrari's on sale. The question is, is, the, is that Ferrari the next best thing that your business needs? Now, not many businesses need Ferraris. I'm giving you facetious examples. But the point is, is many people will look at a way to save money in their business and think that that's the prudent thing to do. And sometimes it is, but sometimes it isn't. So for me, starting the business, it would have been a heck of a lot cheaper if I would have just done everything myself. I wouldn't have had to pay anybody. I would own the whole thing, everything. I'd have a you know, big boat and it would be all fancy. Look who's the hero. None of that is interesting to me. What's interesting to me is to have a high degree of competence, pardon me, a high degree of confidence that the job will be done well. And if you do the job well with competence, if you are competent at your job, then people will be attracted to work with your company. And if they're attracted to work with your company, you will have customers and the customers will be happy. And it's difficult to say, do I spend extra money on something? And will that translate to the customer being more happy?
That's the whole game. Spend money on something that you think will make somebody happy. Will it make them happy? And does it translate? So business is this big game of making a bet, watching how the bet goes, learn a lesson from the bet, then decide how your next bet is played. And that's where business can take time and require experience because every single day you're making a new bet. So now bring that back to time management. What if you plan your week out for, what if you plan your month for like uh, ahead of time? That planning can keep you laser focused, but that planning, because you've built the plan January 1st and January 14th, things changed. Your fixed plan may not account for variable change. So being an entrepreneur is this really interesting mix of gambling, planning, and adjusting. And what we have on our team is a whole bunch of people, four of us, five of us, now seven, who are in on most bets, who are in on learning from each bet, and who are excited to change when they realize the results of that bet either went the way they thought them they would or the way they didn't think that it would. So you have to be open enough to realize that you made a huge mistake or that you even made a little mistake. You have to be adaptive enough to then change your plan, but also committed enough that your plan doesn't get changed too easily or else you're a leaf in the wind. So it is this really interesting mixture of having a plan and adjusting your plan in real time. And that's where we say we make little bets. Every plan that we execute on is a little bet. We just got into um, a different advertising style where instead of being like, hey, come buy our product. We were like, look, man, this thing's great. Just buy it. Like we changed the whole frequency. Now, did we move a $50,000 spend into that new frequency? Nah, we tried it at a thousand bucks. And look, it worked. Hey, let's try 2000. Let's try 4000. And I think last month we probably spent maybe 80 or $90,000 of advertising on that strategy. And now it's working, Woohoo! but it took time and it took diligence and it took planning and it took attempting. So there's a lot of ways to do it. And my suggestion is you do it with eyes wide open and with no ego and with friends who care about you. Those are the, that's the, who I would want to make a business with smart, non-egotistical friends. That's who I would grow a company with. Yeah, that's great. And sadly, we're closing on the end of this podcast. But um, one of the one of the staples of high school, not so much a musical, is that we always ask the guests that we bring on just a general tip, general tip question. We never tell them like in advance we're asking them this. So just that like you would be saying whatever off the top of your mind right now. So um, Daniel, if you could give any tips to the high schools, high schoolers listening, it could be about starting your own business, which you talked about like a couple of minutes ago, or it could just be about anything. If you could give any tips. Relationships. There is not nearly enough priority being put on relationships. High school to me was uh, grades, deadlines, discipline, focus, um, structure, obedience, organization, all of these things were what high school was to me. Looking back, you got plenty of time to learn that. Relationships. You need to learn how to listen to what someone's problem is. You need to learn how to empathize with what their problem is. And then you need to learn how to think of a solution for what their problem is. And then you need to think of a way to communicate that solution in a way to them that they're able to hear. 
I tell my kids all the time, the world belongs to those who can communicate to it. I don't think people put nearly enough attention on relationships and listening to people. If people were better communicators with people, uh, I think a lot of the world's problems would go away. And I think what we're seeing now, especially with the advancement of TikTok and YouTube and other algorithms, is things are getting so quick to give us what we want. We're getting not as good at having the patience to mine out of somebody something good. If I have to be your friend for two months to really learn what makes you tick, TikTok says, no, nah, never mind. I'll give it to you right now because I'm an algorithm and I know what makes them tick. Okay, so then I'm used to getting what I want like instantly. Then all of a sudden I go hang out with Jeff. Jeff says a bunch of stuff that I don't understand for 20 minutes and I'm like, I'm gonna go somewhere else because TikTok just gives me what I want. We have to get better at working with people to listen to who they are, what they are and give them what they want. We have to be better at working with people. And I am watching the advancement of AI. I'm watching the advancement of computation. I'm watching the advancement of algorithms quickly giving people what they want fast. And I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, my opinion on what people need to focus on more is relationships. I bet you that if everyone listening had a 30% better relationship with their parents, they'd be better at business. Flat out. If you are better, if you have a better relationship with your best friend, you'll be better at business. If you learn more about who your teachers are, what makes them tick, and what you could learn from them that's really interesting, you will be better at business. Stop learning about assets plus liabilities equals owner's equity. You can hire an accountant for that. That's easy. Nah, man, you gotta learn how to listen. You gotta learn how to feel what somebody's putting down. You gotta watch someone hold something and read their eyebrow movement and say something didn't jive with, oh, they didn't realize how to work the product. You need to be humble enough to submit yourself to what someone else has to say and consider it. And I think if we got better at relationships, I think more people would have more success in business. That's, that's my opinion. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's what like my dad was kind of stressing to me over the past few weeks, like the importance of like building connections, building your LinkedIn profile, because even for things like internships and research opportunities as a like, high school student, like to put on college apps, et cetera, like connections and having relationships with people in your area and across the globe just make it substantially substantially easier because um for example let's say that you're trying to get in touch with like a professor for example to do some research well guess what if you have a mutual connection to that professor the chance of that professor you know replying back to you and actually like letting you into their lab and stuff and actually scheduling a time to talk with you is much much higher if there's that mutual connection established in the first place um so re relationships are super super important and um you gave any tips you you gave other tips throughout you know on time management kind of following your passion and obviously just talked about relationships is there anything else you know as a ceo that like some of the experiences that you've had what you've learned throughout like the past year and a half of pension shaving that you uh, want to express to the audience um, I think that if the audience were to understand that ego is a thing that's very difficult to get rid of and pride is something that's very difficult to get rid of 
And if you're very good at listening to other people, then you're you're also going to be very good at not pumping up your ego. Have you ever talked to someone who's who you feel like is listening, but they're almost just listening so that they can tell you their version of the story? You ever have that happen? Yeah, I feel like so- sometimes they kind of just listen so that way they kind of like pick out that one detail in whatever you said and then they can just go on a tangent about themselves it's almost like they're listening to talk they're, they're listening to you just to enable their ability to speak right right that knee-jerk reaction comes from a chance for a person to convey value they want to talk and impress and and make people happy and what happens is our own desire to be a contributor to a friendship or to a relationship, our own insecurities might turn us into something that we don't want to be. And when you're making a decision, like I just said, hey, yesterday I have to decide on a new box. And that box decision is $54,000. And I said, you know what? I think I'm good to do that. Let's do it. And somebody on the team said, now, hang on a second. What about if there's an error on the box? Uh-oh. I didn't think of that. No, no, it'll be, there's two ways you can reply. One, no, 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 it'll be fine. They're responsible for that too. Man, that's a really good point. Why don't we put something in the purchase order that stipulates that in the event that there are any errors, the payment is on hold until it's deemed that there's no errors. Well, I mean, that's a great idea. But if you want to be, you know, chest banging pride, I'm the guy, you'll, you could get screwed. So I think a lot of people, and what you said was true. Uh, having a whole bunch of relationships makes it so that when you want to approach a professor, you're more likely to, that's very like leaves on the tree. I know more people. So things get easier. No, 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 brah. I'm saying fundamentally your approach to talking to humans needs to be more open and more patient and listen better. So that literally in that conversation, you can learn more. I'm not saying relationships are important so you can have a thousand LinkedIn members and message. And then when you want to start a business, it's easier. Now that's the effect of what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is literally in real time, learning to extract more out of people so that you can have a deeper and more fruitful relationship. Everyone who works on this team right now and everybody who works on the other team at my my brother's company are people that we have worked with either for years and years or through multiple different companies. Everyone on this team is someone who has a terrific relationship that has carried through multiple businesses. So now I have like the best customer service person team. I have the best marketing guy because I've watched him in three other companies. He's fantastic. We have the best internet guy and I have the best logistics guy because we found them over the years. So it's like, there's so many benefits to not being the arrogant chief who's a decision maker, but also like, you're just a group of dudes and gals trying your best. Like we, we, we don't, we didn't read any manual for how to make the best razor in the world. We just made one and thought about it. Now it's people are writing reviews saying it's like better than anything they've tried in their like 70 years of shaving we're like oh my gosh there's like a lot of razor companies out there how the heck did we do that well we've got a whole bunch of people who are all just bringing their own gifts and talents
So we live and die on the hill of relationships and anyone listening, if they have any credence to hear what I'm saying, it's to open your eyes, look around you, realize who is in your life and actually get to know them. Get their take on the red hot chili peppers, get their take on what the heck is the stock market. Get their take on is investing gambling and don't say is investing gambling because you want to tell them your opinion ask them an interesting question because you want their opinion so sadly this marks the end of this really great podcast so i just want to thank you daniel for taking the time to come on um thank you for all the advice you've given to all the listeners and to the listeners um make sure to tune into the great episodes we have coming up uh but yeah thank you so much daniel and we'll see you next time that's our show for today. Now roll the credits. High School Not So Much a Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal, Nitin Jaladanki, and Rishi Sinha. Narration by Samhit Kadala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>